It's time for the Turf Grand Zealot audio cast. From the worldwide command center of intergalactic turf heads, it's the Turf Grand Zealot audio cast. Only on Turfnet Radio. With the chief turf head, the guru of fescue, the Alatollah of iron, Mr. Dave Wilbur. There's only one zealot, only on Turfnet Radio. I don't know anybody right now who really exactly knows what's going on in the world. I think a lot of people have a lot of guesses. I think we can, you know, trust or not trust various sources of information. Those things aren't for me to say. But what I do know is that golf course superintendents, turf grass managers all over the world are trying to figure it out trying to figure out what's going to happen, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen with our lives, our families, all that kind of stuff. Unprecedented times. Never seen anything like it. So what are we going to do? Well, what I've been seeing is plenty of people banding together, plenty of people sharing information, plenty of people trying to figure it out. Doing their very, very, very best. One of the people trying to figure it out is Kevin Hicks. Kevin, a current agronomist, the Western U.S. agronomist for Earthworks Organic Fertilizers. Great company, great people, and Kevin's an old friend, and uh, uh, I've watched him uh, from his time that he was an assistant superintendent when I was just a young consultant, clear through uh, several jobs, his last job being the the, uh, Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort, you know, the place with a floating green. Kevin's a friend. He's a good friend. He's somebody that I trust. He's somebody that I would reach out to um, for honest opinions and all that sort of stuff. I asked Kevin to join me today because he uh, he put a short video up on Twitter yesterday. Uh, you're going to hear the audio from that from that video, and um, I have to tell you, I was very moved, and so were a lot of people. I guess if there's such a thing as viral in our business, it went viral. So I'm excited to have Kevin here. Um, We're going to have a great conversation. And uh, we're going to try to figure it out as best we can. I'm Dave Wilbur. This is the Turfgrass Zealot Project. Thanks for listening. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Um, I'm going to jump right into it here. Okay. And uh, uh, I want to play the sound clip from the video that you posted yesterday on Twitter. And the information about mm-hmm. how to how to find this in case in case any of you are interested, of course you're gonna be able to get it here. But I'll uh, I'll post the the link uh, as well in the description of the podcast. Okay, but uh, what I want to do, Kevin, is just play this. I I know it's uncomfortable to hear yourself, but you're gonna have to do it. Hey everybody, uh, had a couple of thoughts on my mind the last few days. I know I've talked to a lot of you that uh, that are really struggling with what's going on. Um, and a, a good friend of mine pointed out today that there's a lot of superintendents that are younger that didn't have to go through or that, that didn't go through the 2008 uh, economy crash. And uh, those, of us, those of us that did definitely learned a few things along the way. I think it's important to uh, remember, number one, that your family is the, is the top priority. Um, you know, neglecting them right now 
especially since most of them are home, is going to be uh, something that, that you'll spend an awful lot of time trying to make up for later. Um, secondly, make sure that your, your financial houses are in order. Uh, we're going to be asked, I think, as an industry to make some tough decisions, and uh, uh, cuts are, are inevitable, I think, at this point. So, uh, you know, knowing where your expenses are uh, on the golf course um, with with respect to labor, especially, uh, those are the things that'll that you'll be asked to come up with. Um, have that. We've got great tracking tools now that I think can definitely help us in that regard. But uh, let your decision makers at your club make those tough choices, not you. Uh, you won't make the right one. I tried it; it doesn't work. Uh, lastly, uh, I've seen several of you post things that uh, you're having to work more hours. You're having to work 12, 14 hours to keep the golf course alive. Um, again, going back to the first thing, taking care of your family, that's, that's going to serve nobody. If you're, if you're uh, spent and sick as a result of working for the golf course, um, again, you're, you're of no use to anybody at that point. So make sure that you keep that balance. Uh, do the best you can, but do only what you can uh, and, and not more. It's, it's, uh, we all need you and, and uh, we all need each other. So lean on each other, talk to each other, make sure that uh, – you reach out if you've got questions or, or concerns. Hang in there. All right, Kevin. I mean, beautiful, right? Couldn't couldn't have said it better. And um, and that's why I wanted to have you come join me today, is so we can talk this through a little bit more. Uh, going back two weeks ago, I cut a podcast. You know, right as this coronavirus thing was starting to kind of break, and you know, I didn't know. I mean, it, you know, the news was changing hourly. Right. So I just kind of, oh you know, I didn't really know what to say, but I knew I wanted to say something, <laughs> you know, this was two weeks ago and, um, you know, now things have evolved a little bit more. And, and again, maybe we don't know any more than we did two weeks ago in some respect, but in other respects, we've at least had a chance to think about it. Um, tell me what motivated you to, to, uh, turn on your recorder and just do that. Well, a couple things, uh, and, and, First and foremost, I think it, it, it's the fact that, you know, the same reason I, I took the job I did, it's it's to try to help as many people as I can. And, and you know Bill McKibben as well as I do. And Bill was one that, that inspired me by saying, you know, couldn't you, couldn't you, couldn't you influence and impact more people if, if you were uh, away from a single golf course? And, and he was right. Um, and, you know, this was one of those things that, it's been on my mind all week that I, you know, I, I've talked to enough turf managers this week that, that are lost. They don't know what's yeah. going to happen. You know, like you said, the news cycle is so fast right now and it's right. changing every single day. I mean, these updates that we're getting about what States are allowing courses to stay open, which ones are being closed. You know, uh, I talked to a superintendent this morning in LA. He's, he's uh, maintaining the entire golf course himself right now. Yeah. Um, and a lot within his management company have been let go already. Well, that's, you know, that's going to change the face of this industry. And, and a, a friend of mine had, had, uh, I had talked to him a couple of days ago and he said, you know, a lot of us in our thirties didn't go through this last yeah. time. And that's really what pushed me, pushed me to do it. Um, right. you know, and I felt like, I felt like, you know, those of us that, that had experienced it, owe it to the next generation of superintendent and, and turf manager to, to, to share our experience because it's going to be similar, if not maybe a little bit worse in some cases. Well, um, and it, I know I learned a lot from it and, and if I can help one guy, 
which I know I have at this point, um, that's all I need to know. Right. That's really true. And, and, you know, one of the things and I, and I, you know, I just made some notes as I, uh, as I watched your video, you know, and the first thing, and you just touched on it was, you know, we work in a very young business, right? We were, we were all young when we had our first opportunities and, and, uh, you know, we're getting a little bit older, but, uh, you know, it's still, it's still commonplace that, that, uh, a lot of the people that are listening to you and I talk today and a lot of people that, you know, that listen to that or watch that video on Twitter, I should say, are, are younger, <laughs> you know, that were just, just barely right. coming into business or possibly in college or whatever in, in the 2000, 2007, 2008 kind of, um, world, you know, they weren't managing, uh, their own facility yet, you know, that kind of stuff. And so. Um, I think that was, that was really brilliant on your part, you know, to relate to the fact that, Hey, this is, um, you know, this is something that a lot of people haven't experienced and I've been getting the same, the same comments. So that really resonated with me. Um, you know, it made me realize that my book of business is, is got some young people in it. Our business is a whole right. has young people in it, which is great. I mean, we, you know, you and I benefited from that surely, um, but here, it, but here it is. So I, you know, I love, the, I love that you touched on that. Um, okay. Let's, let's just continue on. I just, again, motivation wise, I'm just speaking about your motivation here. Uh, I think can, being candid is a gift and you just kind of held up the phone and, <laughs> and looked at it and turned it on. Um, did you, did you make notes or did you just, that was all off the top of your head? I mean, tell me the truth, <laughs> you know? So I, so I had, I had an old fashioned, you know, I had an old fashioned index card that I looked at before I shot it, but okay. we've talked about this as a company and, and, and we're, we're wrestling with it because we've got, you know, several generations within our company that, sure. that, uh, you know, and it's going to be a long answer to your question, but it's okay. in, in our conversations of how we can, how we can update, you know, our, our dissemination of information, um, our education formats, things like that. You know, I've got, I've got two boys in their twenties and another one that's a teenager. And, um, you know, for them, if it didn't happen on YouTube or, or, or Google, then it <laughs> never did occur. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, my 20 year old, who's a computer science major said, uh, he said, dad, it's, it's all about content. It has no, you know, quality of the, of the production has nothing to do with it anymore. Right. Right. And you know, so that's, so did I do it off the cuff? Yeah. Maybe there was a little preparation. Okay. If I had if prepared any better, I would have, I would have shot the dang crows in the background. Cause they, uh, every time I've listened to it, they drive me crazy. I but know. Maybe that's part of the ambiance. I know it was a little, it was a little Edgar Allan Poe-ish kind of with the crow, <laughs> you know, um, punctuating exactly. your points there. But, um, but I, I guess <laughs> the reason, yeah, there, the reason I ask you that question, Kevin, is sure you you know you wrote a couple of notes on an index card or whatever, but there there is no substitute for being real, and yeah, you might right. want to say, um, and you know I know one of one of your mentors, one of my mentors, Armin Sudi, always said, you know, think of the three to five things you always want to say. You know, there's exactly. have your personal bullet points ready to go, and control yep. that situation, right? Didn't I'm I'm sure you got that lecture. That, I know I did. That's what. Yeah, and that's what was on the card were three three yeah. points. That was it. Yeah. So why am um, I talking about that? The go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Well, the reason well, the unfortunate thing is Twitter only allows uh, two minute and twenty second videos, and I could have <laughs> talked for two and a half hours on that subject. Right. But you know, the the message is, hey, 
we all have each other's backs. Uh, we got to stick together. It's going to be rough, but we'll get through it to the other side. And, and, you know, that can be done fairly succinctly. I think. I agree. <clears throat> and again, I, I want to touch on a, on a real key point here that, that I think you handled really well, which is, um, you know, this idea that a lot of people have that they don't have anything to say, <laughs> you, you, you know, this kind of thing is completely invaluable. Uh, two in two minutes and 20 seconds, uh, standing in a, you know, are you standing in a fairway? You're at a golf course there, I think, right? I'm not. Yeah. I, I, right now. I went, went up to a friend's golf course and shot that. Okay. So the, the point being is golf course superintendent, <clears throat> you're out on the golf course, you know, you turn on the phone, you say, Hey, here's what's going on at, at our place, right? The picture paints all the words and there it is, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a big production. Like you said, it doesn't have to be fancy that's not what our world is all about right now and um that's right uh even with my podcast i do i do minimal amounts of editing i very little i actually just tune up the sound a little bit you know sometimes from the uh from the phone noise that's in and that's it you know i don't i want to be real right so so hats off to you for being real for sure well in a lot of cases it just richens the it richens the uh interaction you know, right because it is off the cuff Right. And so some of you are listening to this and you're saying, geez, maybe I ought to shoot something like this for my membership or, or my own Twitter feed or whatever. Just do it, do it, you know, yes, absolutely. Just do it. <laughs> you know, there, there have been so many good, uh, good superintendent updates on the golf course. Cause again, you know, like we talked about, things are changing so quickly. I mean, they're yeah. updating their memberships, they're updating their, their public, um, whoever it might be, but, that's the value of what social media has brought to our, to our business is just that, that raw, um, you know, unencumbered sort of information sharing. It, it's, yeah. it's been awesome. It's it been is. awesome. And this is just an extension of that, in my opinion. I agree. I agree very much. Okay. Let's, let's move on and let's talk about, um, uh, you know, you, you, you moved right into the, the financial picture here, you know, getting your financial yes. house in order is what you said. And, um, and I, you know, at first, when you first started to talk about that, I, you know, I, of course, immediately started thinking about my personal finances and stuff, but, it, um, but it's really both, isn't it? It's, it's club finances. It's and club absolutely finances. both. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but, but let's focus in on, uh, departmental, you know, issues. And I want you to just go back to, um, you know, what you touched on about the, the 2007, 2006, seven, eight kind of period. And, um, you know, just take me through that. What happened to you? Maybe just take our listeners through where you were when all that went down and how, how yeah. it went down. You know, I know you had told me about a few of those meetings and some of the craziness that just kind of happened. Um, when you guys realized, yeah. So please talk to me about yeah. that. Uh, so, so I was at the Coeur d'Alene Resort uh, Golf Course, which was which is a five star resort in in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and uh, you know certainly one of the one of the first sectors of the of the golf market to get hit and impacted the most profoundly. Um, and you know I I, I I'll probably say more than I need to than I should say, but I, at the same time I think it I think it bears repeating because it was a really important lesson for me. Sure. Um, we had an emergency, uh, department head meeting. And so we've got all the department heads from the resort, the marina sales, yacht club, all that stuff, uh, in one room. And, 
And the, the president of the company said, you know, until this shakes out, no more travel, no more, uh, you know, no more sales meetings. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we just got to hunker down. And then in the next sentence, he said, now, how are we going to get people to come to the resort? And I <laughs> thought every corporate boardroom in America just had this conversation. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, and, and then the next thing we did that, that absolutely floored us was um, we were asked prior to the meeting to bring, and th- and this is the other motivation for, for, for what I said, and I, I couldn't get into detail and probably didn't need to, but, right. um, and I'm having a flashback right now, but yeah. it, it was, it was, it I'm, was a, I'm a, not trying a, to make you sweat. <laughs> you know. No, it was, it was a profoundly impacting and very valuable lesson in how to, how to manage people or, or in this case, how not to. Mm-hmm. So we went through, we were asked to bring a roster with us and we went through and someone outside of my department went down my roster and said, I recognize his name. Uh, I don't recognize this guy. He can go. Oh, this, this woman. Yeah. She's been with us for a while. I recognize her name. She can stay. That's how the decision was made. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Kevin, we need to cut 20%. And, uh, you know, tell us what your, what your best guess is as to how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it, it was the most unfair and unsubstantiated process to make a decision like that. That's literally life or death for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are, these are paycheck to paycheck folks that worked for me for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that one I think was a, was a, an epic fail, if you will. Hmm. Uh, on the part of management, but, uh, you know, for me, it, it didn't bear as much weight as, as it could have, but I had, um, you know, I, I had used a, a labor tracking system, um, for several years. And so I had good data and, and that's done nothing but, but been improved since, since 2008. Right. I mean, we're all doing something like that, which is, right. you know, this is the time to utilize that, that information. And in other um, words, how many hours does it, how many hours does it take us yeah. to do job A, B, C, D? <clears throat> exactly. Right. It's, it's yeah. the men, it's the menu you can hand to your decision makers and say, you want a hundred thousand dollars or you want 50 or you want a million dollars cut out of your budget. Here's, here's what all this costs. What mm-hmm. would you like to order? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and it's the only way that you can do it as a manager and not get caught in the middle of, of that decision-making process. Because like I said, in that, in that clip, you can, you can think of it one way, mm-hmm. but ownership or membership or somebody else is going to, is going to prioritize things totally differently. That is not our decision as superintendents. Okay. And it I, shouldn't be put in our laps. Either. I want to get to that right now. Okay. You're great. You're, you're just tracking right down my, my list here because Somebody actually okay. reached out to me this morning about your video and they were a little bit confused about that, that little part that you said about letting the others make the decisions. And yes. uh, that superintendent's comment to me was, aren't I supposed to make the decisions and tell them what to do? Please, please clarify and explain no. to us all what you're thinking. Cause it's so critical. So critical. I, I can't stress enough how big this is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, um, the superintendent in Canada reached out with a comment about this that mm-hmm. that was exactly what I wanted to say, but just didn't have the the, the time or the platform to say it. But okay, um, you know, it, we we the superintendents take such ownership in their property, and taking ownership and owning 
are two very, very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, we are employees and, and unfortunately nothing more than employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we should be, we should be counselors and we should be, um, you know, the experts in our field, but at the end of the day, we're employees. And so to, to provide data to the people that need, that need to be responsible for making those decisions is really our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's really easy for, for superintendents who take so much ownership in what they do and so much pride in it to try to get in the middle of that and make those decisions. And it, it, it won't be right. It doesn't matter what, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about Oakmont or the nine hole down the street, mm-hmm. uh, it won't be right because your priorities are different mm-hmm. and you have to relinquish that responsibility to the, to the folks that are in charge of that, that operation. It could be a lawn care company or, or, a whatever. I mean, it doesn't need to be a golf course. It could be a, a, a corporation that's, that's, you know, that, that there, there are people that need to make that decision. And, and unfortunately, or fortunately, it's not the golf course superintendent. Does that clarify yeah, it, it? It does clarify it, and I think that's such a <clears throat> it's such a key thing. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna dwell on this for just a second, because yes, own, ownership. Uh, you know, I have my kind of list of about 20 qualities that golf course superintendents you know need to have to be successful, right? I mean, we've talked about this before, yep. and you know, one of those things on that list is that you know that care about your people that you mentioned. You know, the other thing is having, you know, having, being a self-starter and having ownership in the job, right? That's like point, you know, that's like point number 12. But the thing is, is I think that gets confused. Um, And I'm, I'm forever correcting people. Here's one of the things that I really dislike. That picture of the new equipment showing up at the, at the shop. It's Christmas. Look, it's Christmas. Boys. No, no. It, <laughs> that's an asset to perform the duties that you've been assigned. I mean, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're taking that, you know, that aerator or, <laughs> or the, or those ferry mowers home and putting them in your garage is not your Christmas. It's their Christmas. It's their, it's their asset. Yeah. You know, and, and, yep. uh, an old school superintendent told me a long time ago, he says, you know, Wilbur, as much as I think this place is mine, it's not, you know, it's theirs to screw up. <laughs> It's not a museum. It's a really valuable lesson because, because yep. we sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody in, in blurring that line to the point of my detriment. Oh, um, you, you oh, know, the yeah. stories you, you, yeah. you were there with me. I, and I did it myself, Kevin. I mean, even, even yeah. knowing better, I still did it myself and I still do it myself. You know, yeah. I've, I've taken ownership yeah. in, in consulting things and in, you know, in superintendents that I, you know, that I want to back and just things like that. Cause I, you know, I, I'm a passionate person. You're a passionate person. All of us in one way or another are passionate people, but there's a line. It's the character flaw that makes us so great at our jobs. There's a line. And How about you, that? It is the, right. It is the character flaw that makes us so great. But if you cross that yeah. line, you know, you're what, what's the downside? Help me understand the downside. Help, help, people listening right now understand the downside in your words the downside of crossing that line yeah yeah getting it wrong <laughs> being wrong exactly right that's exactly cr- being wrong that's exactly right <laughs> yeah um which which there's a 95% likelihood you're going to right um 
you know, and, and I mean, take, take, um, take a dollar figure. If a club comes to you two weeks from now and says, Hey, we've got to, we've got to cut a hundred thousand dollars out of the budget. I'm just picking the number out of yeah, air, yeah, but yeah, just use the um, number. You know, are you going to take that all from labor or are you going to take some from the fertilizer budget, a little bit from the chemical budget? Um, I hope you'd look at all of them right? because that hundred thousand dollars, here's the end game. You take a hundred thousand dollars out of your labor budget. Let's say you've got 500,000. So you've taken 20% off the top. The, the end game and, and where this really goes awry. Uh, and this is something I've, I've talked about individually with superintendents and, and touched on a little bit, but the end game is because we're so prideful and Mm -hmm. we're so, we're so vested in the property. We refuse to let things fail. Right. So where does the burden then fall when you've cut $100,000 out of the budget, which for, for you know, an eight-month seasonal guy, that's that's eight people, say, yep. whatever it is. Yep. You're going to try to make that up as a superintendent, and then you're dead. Or yep. you're so burned out that your family's lost touch with you, and all these things um, all these things happen as a, as a domino effect of your of your your pride in the in the property if if for nothing else now i i have to interject that and i've said this to several groups that i have very high hopes for the next generation superintendent and their ability to discern work-life balance much more so than our generation yeah because we learned from the guys that browbeat us and said you know, this is what I did and you're going to work 90 hours a week. And, and mm-hmm. it was the culture we were in and that's, mm-hmm. you know, but it took me a long time to get over that with, with assistants and, and, uh, and interns. But I, I'm very, very optimistic about how the next gen can, can really, uh, yeah. balance this and, and probably recover quicker from it too. I, I agree with that. And I, and I think, okay. So again, we're just, we're tracking perfectly here in the conversation I wanted to have. Um, there was quite well, I'm a reading of, your notes. That's why. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so well, you're reading my mind, which is a scary thing for you. And I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Um, but what we're, what we're talking about here. And a lot of people have been saying it on Twitter. I've been hearing it on Twitter and stuff is, um, you know, and just, and just the news that comes at me from all kinds of different directions is Okay. Things are going to change like in the, in the super near future, you know, the golf course is going to be what it's going to be. If my crew can't come to work, <laughs> you know, or isn't allowed to come to work mm-hmm. or, or is too sick to come to work or whatever that is, um, we're going to, we're going to adjust our maintenance standard accordingly. Now, some people are right. pretty realistic about that. Hey, it's, it's me and maybe one or two other people or me and a couple of part-timers or something, you know, I can, I can do this much work. There are a whole bunch of type A people who are listening to me right now that think that they're freaking Superman and they can, you know, go out, (laughs) you know, mow greens, change cups, rake all the bunkers, you know, roll back in, grab a, grab a sandwich, jump on a fairway mower and then jump on a rough mower and, you know, at night, like some BS like that, right? Like they're going to do it all. Right. And I know what right. you were trying to say is you, you can't do it all. And I, I said that to a young you superintendent can't. yesterday. I said, listen, you know, no, what are you thinking? Like he's running down well, his, Dave, his know, perfect goes, thing to me. Like, you know, we're, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, then, and I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? 
How long can you do that for? But this goes this goes right back to the value of having that breakdown of of labor dollars, yes. and tasks, and and it goes right back to that because again, everything has a cost. And let's say you work twenty four hours a day as the golf course superintendent, you're still not going to get all the things done that that your eighteen people did. No, never. Um, never. So at some point, you've got to make a choice, and there's costs associated with that. If the whole club is is involved in the decision making process, then nobody is going to be right. Nobody should be surprised when there's changes in maintenance standards, which they're going to be. So I said to that superintendent to follow along with that, as I said, okay, so you've made all these decisions by yourself. Did you communicate that with your bosses? You know, in his particular case, he that the answer was no. No, I'm just going to see how it goes. No. It's not going <laughs> to no, work. No, no, no. Hey, let me tell you how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, <laughs> you know, we've been there. Um, I'm telling you. Great point, Dave. You've got to go communicate that. And you've got to say, listen, I have looked at the number of hours I have available to spend, the number of hours of the, of the bare minimum things we need to do. And that's going to change every day here, depending on, you know, the situation, but at least you have a handle on that and everybody knows. Right. And so if the director of golf, if the director of golf says, Hey, you know, uh, you know, you guys didn't wipe off the benches, you know, when I was out walking, you're just going to look at him and go, did you pick that on the menu? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a little that's a little rougher than you should do that. But you know, and and it's kind of a dumb example, I guess. The more I think of it, but I just you know, I I think that that idea that hey, we can only do what we can do. It it's not a personal failing on the part of the superintendent who has to who has to figure this out, and the way that you don't make it become a personal failing where it absolutely kicks your ass as you you've got to communicate that effectively. Well, I was just going to, yeah, I was going to say that it is a personal failing if you've decided to make that decision yourself and, and set those standards yourself. Cause then you, then it is a personal failing. Yeah. Then, then you're and then it's it, more than communication, right? What else? What else is yeah. it? It's well, it's, it's numbers, mm-hmm. it's facts and figures because that's how the rest of the world operates. And there's no reason uh, with the tools we've got at our disposal now, uh, there's no reason why we can't be in that realm because everybody sitting in that boardroom, if you're a private club, is is part of a business process. Right. And they understand facts, figures, and numbers. And, and some, you know, we some, have the ability now as turf do. professionals to, well, yeah, I know. But, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But by and large, there's there's people in that room that should understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, and, and, and we've got that capability now. I think when you say, and I'm just going to throw out some round numbers here, okay? But you say, right now, in the current situation that we're in, I have X number of human hours, man hours, whatever we want to say, you know, trying to be politically correct here, X number of hours mm-hmm. a day, you know, that we can that we can possibly do, right? This is the number of man hours a day. Yep. And... Right. This is the entire list of kind of what we do on a daily basis on your golf course, you know, skipping the projects and all the other stuff that we kind of do, you know, here's the, here's the maintenance list. Uh, that, that list is, I don't know, let's, again, I'm just pulling some stuff out of the air, but you know, a hundred man hours a day. Right. And I right. have, and right. I have 31 available to me right now, <laughs> you know? So, you know, 
I'm going to guide you a little bit in prioritizing this. I'm going to tell you why I'm prioritizing this the way that I know, but I'm telling you that, you know, we have 31 man hours a day available to us. We have a hundred man hours that usually gets done. We're going to get a third of that done. Do you understand? Yes. Right. I don't know that there's Simple. any there's other no way to go through that. that. Yeah. No, there's, no, there's emotion. no emotion involved in that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we need to be is, is, is free of emotion and, and full of facts. And right. if we can get there, then, then the whole decision-making is a lot more comfortable and a lot more um, unanimous. Right. Unanimous. So, okay. So let's, I think we've, I think we beat that one pretty good. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I hope so. Well, it, it's a, it's a huge subject and you know, and I, and I think you and I yeah. both know that it's, you know, that's hours and hours of prep and planning and all that sort of stuff, which is what I want to jump to next. And I know that this is, so there are some people listening that are thinking this, they're thinking, Whoa, wait a minute, Wilbur, you're talking about me being in the office, counting numbers and doing spreadsheets. And I, you know, I need to be out there changing the cups, <laughs> you know, right. again, you've got to figure that out for yourself, that personal time management is everything. And again, going back to your video, Kevin, you talked about family and I want you to, right. I want you to be direct with me about it here. And and because okay. people need to hear what you have to say. Um, so the other, <laughs> yeah, uh, another flashback. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other thing that, that uh, in that horrific meeting, um, after the, the budget cuts were decided without a menu, um, even though I had provided a menu, it wasn't, right. uh, it was all BS that, that, that was just, those were made up numbers, even though I had 10 years of history, but, um, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, the, the next thing that was told to the department heads, hmm. which of course, being the type a idiot that I am, uh, they told us, well, all of you are just going to have to work a little harder to get this done. <laughs> Again, uh, management one oh one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Kevin marches out and, and, uh, you know, he's already working. He's got a split shift on his, on his, uh, operation. I was so going to say he's already, got guys there for yeah. 21 hours a day. Yeah. Um, so I can at least be there 21 hours. Well, guess, guess who, uh, guess who, who got the short end of the stick on that deal? Yeah. You know, my, my wife, thank goodness. She's, uh, as strong as she is to, to call me out on stuff. Otherwise I probably would have literally worked myself to death. Um, and she continually reined me in and I, I resented her for it at the time, but I knew that it was, I knew that she was right. Um, and you know, just again, this next generation, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't, it's again, it's a, it's blurring that line between ownership and, and taking ownership. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're, you're, you're an employee of an operation that, Right or wrong, it's it's a living, breathing thing, which there's always things to do. Right, um, and you've got to be able to draw the line. I think your you, you know your your point to the to the number of labor hours at our disposal <clears throat> that better include yours. Oh, right, absolutely. Uh, and it better not be yeah. an inflated number. And and when you get to that line, you know, set your priorities with whoever's left on the on the team. Uh, and, and that was something that somebody reached out to me and said that, that I thought was very poignant. And again, if I'd have had more time to talk about it, it, it was a great, great point that, um, and it was a two part comment that he made to me, but number one, 
you have to involve the rest of the team in the decision making once once those tough decisions have been made. Yeah. To say, look, guys, because y- y- we always underestimate the amount of pride that our staff has in the product that they produce. Mm-hmm. And they're also not going to be willing to, to let the, the product sacrifice. Right. But you've got to communicate those decisions that were made. And guys, we can only do, you know, items A through D today. This is, this right. is what we can get to. I know, I know we used to do it this way, but right now we're in a little bit different realm. And the other thing is, um, I'll go back a little bit, man, I'm all over the place. Dave, no, but, that's great. Uh, <clears throat> I'll go back a little bit further. Um, actually, it was earlier in that year in 2008. Wow, what a, what a rotten year that was. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had an assistant that took his wife. And mm. <clears throat> that was that was one time that it became glaringly apparent that that my staff looked at me for a whole lot more than a job assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And they were looking, they were looking for my reaction to the situation. Cause it was a horrific incident. Um, he didn't do it on site, but it was, you know, we were, we were tight knit family. Um, and the way I reacted to it, uh, you know, fortunately I've, I've, I've got a, a pretty strong faith. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I lean on it. I lean on it a lot in times like this. And that was one of those times where, I had a really unexplained piece about it that, you yeah. know, it's going to be okay. And, right. and to, to feel that reception from the team was, uh, you know, was, was feedback enough for me, but they're looking, they're looking to you for guidance right now and, and, and support, but also just for reassurance that it's going to be all right. And that's, that's, that's not to be forgotten. I think right now. I said that to a superintendent whose club had been through kind of a tough, <clears throat> kind of a tough weather deal, you know? And I said, you, yeah. you get that it's not just, I, I love that you said the assignments and the board, because I said the very similar thing, which is you get that it's not yeah. just, just right now in this moment, it's not just about telling guys which direction to mow or which piece of equipment to get on, you know, that you're setting the tone for this whole situation. And it's okay That's to right. say, I don't know. Guys, I don't know. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to start into this. I've never been here either, but we're going to figure this out together, you know? Like we're going to figure it out, but in this moment right now, I don't know, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lose my cool too much. <laughs> you know, this is hard. I'm not going to, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Like, but the, yes, they're looking at you as leader. <laughs> they surely no are. Yeah. In life and all that sort of stuff. And well, yeah. And, and even the hourly guys, we, we underestimate, I, I certainly underestimated my team's willingness to, to, to really go to battle for, you know, for on a daily basis right. for me and for the, uh, for the operation. And, and, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll do, they'll do a lot of things that, that, you know, that, that might surprise you as far as their, their willingness to jump in and, and, and try to solve the problems with you. But, um, you know, that tempering, I think is an important uh, quality in us too to be able to temper them a little bit. Well, Kevin, here we go with the leadership thing, right? And I'm just going to throw out a scenario because you and I, I think both can imagine we're sitting behind the desk and one of our assistants comes in and says, you know, I have to go home. I, I have to go. I, you know, my, my wife is sick or my kids are, or something's gone wrong in my world. Yeah. And I've got to go handle that. 
Um, right. The right thing to do is to figure out how to help that person get that done. The wrong thing to do is, is to sit there and go, well, what are we going to do without you? Right. <laughs> right. right? Um, yeah. And again, I've had a couple of those phone calls. You know, my assistant's afraid to come to work because he doesn't want to get the virus. And what do I tell him? Well, fine. Let's let's talk about right that. Right now, fine. Yeah. <laughs> there is I mean, no normal. <laughs> doesn't he get to make that decision, first of all? Are you against making that decision? Well, I don't get to make that decision, Dave. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? I disagree. Yeah. I disagree, too. <laughs> yeah, no, but Very but much. you know what? How you handle that? How you handle that situation? Which which, as you have, I've I've heard that from several superintendents that you know a third of their staff isn't at work because yeah. they're not willing to risk it. Yeah, um, I I think that needs right now that needs to be an acceptable answer. Um, but when you do when you react and when you respond in that way in an understanding and 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 uh, you know a, a way that that allows them to make those decisions you got a whole lot stronger teammate at that point yeah, than, if you, than if you browbeat him and, and, and guilt him into, into staying. Here's how I explain that to this guy, and I don't know that this is like the perfect example, but I said, listen, we're not talking about somebody here who says, I, I got too drunk at the Metallica concert, you know, and I can't right. come in. <laughs> you, you know, I'm sick because I'm hungover or I'm, you know, whatever, or, right. I, or they're just, you, you know, it's too much Monday night football, has them, you know, dragging in or not coming in on Tuesday. No, it's a whole different thing here. And we have to be leaders in that respect and say, well, this is, you know, I had to do it in my own business, Kevin. You were one of the last people to see me when you were in Denver last. Because because I kind of took stock in everything that was going on. And I'm like, and I told you guys, I had just canceled a couple of big trips, you know, that night. And, uh, yep. I don't yep. know what's I don't know what's going to happen to my consulting business when I'm not out on the golf courses. I mean, I'm pivoting and trying to, you know, embrace more of this kind of thing and all that, but but you sure. know, I I am wired to go visit golf courses and to you know, to go teach, educate and talk, right? <laughs> and and I'm not there. So everybody's going to have those big decisions to make, but I had to be a leader in my own life and and for some other people it's like no, we're canceling. You know, I'm not coming. Right. right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to risk it myself. I'm not going to risk being a vector for this whole thing. I mean, I, you know, and of course I get the whole, well, it's a hoax and listen, <laughs> okay. My, dis- yeah, well, it's still my the decision. Good news is, <laughs> yeah. And the, and the good news is there is no normal anymore. No, so, no, no. so think, you know, things like that, decisions like that are, 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 are way more acceptable than they normally would be. But, um, you know, we got to take this seriously. It, it's, it's also got to come to an end. I think for a lot of reasons, economic being one of them, but, yeah. uh, our sanity is another, but, but, you know, we, we've got to be flexible right now because there's so much unknown about this whole situation. You know, what do you, um, what do you yeah, say? I, what do you say to all these golf course purists and architecture buffs and everything that are, that are like saying, well, first of all, they don't want to stay home, do they? And we'll talk about that in a second, no. but more importantly, they're saying, good, this is what golf should be. You know, we should be back to fairways that are in an inch and greens that get mowed, you know, at, <laughs> you know, a quarter inch or higher and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, it's like, right. it's like really, and you want to get your hickory sticks out and I see how that's going to go. I mean, I, I don't think that's 
that's real. And I don't think what, that's what most people's revenue is all about. And, and, uh, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, this is, this is not some, you know, happy conspiracy that's going to help you, you know, get golf back to what it was in the 1800s. No, like, I'm no, just, I'm not, no. I'm not buying any of that talk. And, and I actually, you know, kind of gave somebody a rough time about, <laughs> about saying that to me, you know, a couple days ago. I'm like, well, these superintendents should, you know, they should stop maintaining this stuff anyway. He said, and I went, oh, okay, that's not how it works. Well, <laughs> that may be forced upon us. There, there may be some, some long-term adjustments that are made as a result of that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think this is the. No, what that know, is, is the, that's, the, that's taking away this idea that we understand how to produce a playing surface. You know, we know right, how a golf course right. is supposed to play. We're golfers. We're, you know, we're into it. And so, yeah, we take it too far and it's a little bit competitive and things like that sometimes. But still, a playing surface is a playing surface. It's not a, you know, it's a sporting surface. We know what the sport is. It's To me, that's taking sure. away from what golf course superintendents really know about the game. And I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the other yeah. thing is, and I guess, I agree with that. you know, this whole idea that, you know, and again, um, I'm basing this on some conversations, but superintendent calls and says, you know, at what point do I walk in my boss's office and say, will you please close this facility? You know, we're not going to do this. Right. We're not going to mow and set cups and stuff for, you know, these 15 people that want, that want to come out and do their social distancing. No, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. That's a, t- that's a, that's a daily conversation right now too. But well, how do you, and, and yeah, I, I talked with a, talked with a, one of my reps the other day and, and he happened to be at a golf course and he said, you know, we, we can't get, we can't get golfers to rake the bunkers or stay on the cart paths when the signs say, so yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how can we get them to comply to some of these, you know, these instantaneous changes that they've never seen for the 30 years they've been playing well, golf. Like, and, like and don't touch, the, that was like, don't point. touch the flag stick and that kind of stuff. Hey, don't touch the flag yeah, stick. Yeah. You know, that I think the, the, t- the tougher one comes into the private clubs where, you know, Mr. Jones has been a member for 55 years and, and, and his wife doesn't want him in the house. So he's got to get out to the golf course. Well, mm-hmm. the, that's different than the revenue the, the revenue driven mindset. And, uh, you know, to me, if there's any opportunity and I may be dead wrong on this, but if there's any opportunity for the industry, mm. it's, it's almost in the short term to give it away, to expose people since they need a physical outlet, they need, they need something, you know, you, yeah. you can't keep 350 million people in their house for, for a month. You can't. Right. right. So if we can some, somehow capture that great if 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 it's more work you know now if you got somebody wiping down the 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 pins with clorox wipes and there's only two guys on the staff yeah um then we've misdirected our our resources yeah that goes back to that list so so i want to i want to tell you this story so this this superintendent calls me and says hey i'm just trying to you know can you help me because i know you talk to a lot of people he says that so they locked up the clubhouse you know as they should have. Uh, but my boss said, Hey, we'll still let members, this is, you know, this is a private club, semi-private club. Actually, it's like right. a homeowner's association deal. My boss says, sure. we'll let people play, you know, but we we were locking up the clubhouse. We're locking away the golf carts. If people want to come up, put the bag on the shoulder and go play. That's fine. You know, can you, can you guys handle that? And he says, sure. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, 
the three or four of us that are working or, you know, can handle that because we still got to mow greens and stuff. So yes, was his answer. He's trying to be, trying to be a team player, right? Right. Boss, boss calls right. him up the next day because Mr. Johnson saw Mr. Haverkamp taking a dump in the woods and said, hey, how come you locked up the halfway house? So, yeah. well, we yeah. did. We locked up the bathrooms, right? Because you told us yep. to. No, no, no. We got to keep those <laughs> bathrooms open, says the GM. Otherwise, Mr. Jones is going to see Mr. Haverkamp, you know, taking a dump in the woods, right? So... <laughs> So the superintendent's next question is who's going to, who's going to service that? Who's going to disinfect that and clean that? Oh, your guys can do that. And he's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, huh? <laughs> like, how come we get, <laughs> you, you right. know, uh, I mean, uh, you know, look, we don't have any, you know, we don't have any, um, nitro gloves and <laughs> yeah, you know, dude, it's a slippery slope. It's tough. So they had a battle. Right. And finally the GM acquiesced and said, okay, keep the restaurants, keep the restrooms closed. We're going to put a sign on the door and, you know, we're going to try to ask people not to, you know, go in the woods and (laughs) And bears and I'm just bears and our members don't in the woods. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's going to work, you know? And, uh, you know, yes, this is the conversations, the absurd, insane crazy conversations that are going on right now. And I don't think anybody has the, the complete combination to these locks at all. You know, well, and look at the, look at the efforts, you know, and GCSA has done a great job of, of, yes, of giving updates as to, you know, what States open, what States close. This state has this rule. I mean, that's, that's some exhaustive work they're doing and, and it's almost guaranteed to change tomorrow. What do you, and again on Sunday, what and, do you say to you the know, people that are saying, Kevin, that, that the GCSA took, should have taken a better stand for its members and advocated golf courses closed? <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I, I got that question. I, I got I, that. I got that communication yeah. from somebody and you know, like, shouldn't the G, you know, the GCSA really be thinking of our members and our staff and, and not trying to just, you know, promote golf. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think the answer is similar to what I'd say about our, our government's reaction to it. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people throwing rocks at both sides, but how on earth could any, anyone or any, any entity have been prepared for this? No. I, and you can say what you want, but I think this is such a, this is such a unique and, and hopefully once in a lifetime occurrence that there's, there's no amount of preparation. And if they had been prepared, then, then they would have gotten criticized for, for being over, for being doomsdayers or over prepared, you know, GCSA did, did what they thought was right. And, and I can't fault them for that. No, I can't. Um, I don't know what the right answer is. I really don't. Maybe in time, some hindsight will give us some, you know, some stuff about that. But I was, I was very quick to say, Hey, there is no playbook for this. And, you know, I don't know, but (laughs) the golf course superintendent asked me a really good question. He said, well, Dave, are you, are you, do you have the bag on your shoulder? Or are you out playing golf to get your social distancing? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Cause that's not the first thing I choose right. to do when I want to have fun. I have, you know, I have other, st- I mean, I've just, I've been in this business a really long time and you know, golf is not, is not that thing in my have, I have in my life to make me sane. In fact, it makes me kind of insane. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I'm thinking about that person who doesn't have, you know, this is what they want to do, you know, with their leisure time. And maybe that's their last round of golf. Shit, I don't want to think that, but maybe it is. Um, yeah. You know, do we, 
you know, do we hassle that guy or, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the super was saying to me, he said, yeah, but these people are milling around and it's, you know, it's potentially dangerous. And I said, you know, I hear you, but we don't know that for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, right. We're, we're guessing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tough. Well, and if you had 10, 10 superintendents and you asked them the same question, five of them would say, heck yeah, the, the GCSA should be advocating to close the golf courses. And the other five would say, we need them open. So I don't know that, like you said, there there Kevin, isn't a playbook, and I don't know that there is an answer. You get ten superintendents together and offer them a free cup of coffee; they won't be able to <laughs> agree on the price. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, we all have our own right. opinions. That's that's why we're the yeah. the rebels and the radics that we are. I mean, it's just it is what it is, yeah. right? So, you know, anybody yeah. expecting one organization, you, you know, to always do the right thing is kidding themselves. They're just, it's not going to happen. But I, I, I agree with you. I think the GCSA and the GCSA field staff, the member, you know, the member people, you know, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Shalia Finney's. I think they're doing a great job. So, you know, there mm-hmm. it is, right? Um, but, okay, so let's circle back to economics for a second. Okay. And let me just throw out a scenario. Uh, uh-huh. cr- cr- I know where you're going. Where am I going? Tell me where I'm going. Let's, well, let's see how well no, you know I, me. I, I just, I, let's, let's play it out here for a minute. Okay. So coronavirus takes its toll, takes its kind of thing, but our social distances flatten the curve and things t- kind of start to get better. And, you know, the world bounces back. Um, right. The economics of all that is people are going to want to play golf. They're going to want to use their clubs. They're going to want to go to their public courses. They're going to want to do all that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. But then so. there's going to be that meeting that you talked about where they say, hey, we just missed three months worth of revenue or however much time it was. Mr. Superintendent, how can you help us? What's the critical right. mistake that we made in 1987, in 2007, that we can't make now? You with me? It's not a, it's not yeah, a, it's, I, yeah. it's not a trick question. I. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. And, and I, I think I gave you the quote that, that I'll use here, maybe in in, in an abridged version, but um, yeah. we can't, we shouldn't have looked for things to return to normalcy, quote unquote. You can't see my air quotes right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, because 2009 and beyond was a different normal. Right. Um, so read me and, that and, and, read and the me the quote. Ex- read me the quote that you read me before we started today. Okay. Yeah, please. All right. Now's the oh, time. Let, let me as I So the quote was I need to open up my email and then unfortunately put on my glasses. <laughs> uh, one tip one tip from an oldie. It will be different uh, when when we come out the other side it will be different. So don't look for the sameness. Keep looking until you see what you should see. Those expect those that expect to come back to what we were will miss the boat. And I, I don't think anybody could summarize it any better. And, and mm-hmm. you know, here's a good example of that. When, uh, when I was at a resort golf course, we relied heavily on corporate and group rounds and bookings for the hotel. Right. It was, it was a, it was a big part of our business. Sure. I knew that if we missed two or three budget cycles, two or three annual budget cycles mm-hmm. of that new, that new normal, 
of, you know, hey, we, we've got to cut down on some of this extravagant spending, yada, yada, mm-hmm. uh, that it would never return in the same form. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I was right. It didn't return. Uh, because once right. you get... Yeah, once you get used to something that way, you, you kind of look at it in, in retrospect and say, you know what, did we really miss that 144-person golf group that we've always done that cost us $50,000? Mm-hmm. No, I guess we really didn't. We've done other things that have been more cost-effective uh, or what have you. So what we saw come get plugged back in was was 30 or 40 um, of, the, of the key employees or the key customers they'd bring in and, and have a smaller group with a smaller event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to see something similar to that. And so to expect it to, quote, return, no matter what the form is. I mean, look at the way we're going to business, doing more doing yeah. more um, web conferencing and, and, and more things on, on social media and YouTube to, to, uh, to share information and, and education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think that's, I think that's very, very sound advice that, uh, you know, don't look for sameness because it's not going to be the same. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was driving at, Kevin. And I, again, you know, you and I are often on the same page and I think this is that case where it's like, no, it will not. Yeah. When I went through this in 87, you know, in, especially in Colorado, because the oil market crashed and the whole place crashed. Right. I mean, you know people mailing in their keys to their houses and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, you know, I sold a house and lost 10 grand. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Right. And then it's like, okay, things kind of come back, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. No. And, uh, you know, that I saw the slippery slope start to happen. I mean, we'd been building way too many golf courses. Everybody knew it. And yet we were still, you know, dependent, dependent on, you know, on, on feeding off that thing. And, uh, Man, we, you know, we roll into 2006, 2007 and I, I mean, all of a sudden I'm like, there's no work in the pipeline here. You know, the construction work that I had, that was 85% of my business went away. (laughs) You know, it just went away. And, um, uh, and I, you know, happily found myself, you know, in a great job working with the Sierra Pacific people and was, you know, it was good, right. It was a good thing, but it was like, you know, and then, you know, since then I picked up my consulting business again, it's not the same. And it's not going to be the same after this. And golf is not going to be no. the same. And your life, if you're listening to me here, is not going to be the same. It's just not. Right. And the people that are going to have a really, really tough time are the ones that won't pivot with that. Am I right? You're absolutely right. And okay. I, I'll tell you, you know, an addendum to that is some things not being the same, I think, could be great. It's kind I mean, of okay. The time I've had with my family yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we don't forget this time, especially as, you know, I've got two boys that will be out of the house completely within the next year. And, um, you know, we've had some great opportunities to spend time with families and girlfriends and, and, uh, you know, just sit around, play games and laugh and stuff that, that sure. kids that age don't do anymore. So hopefully we don't forget that as a, as a, as a community. I know I, I've been, um, you know, I've been, yeah, I know, Baking and playing with Legos and doing some things I haven't done in years, you know, and it's great, right? <laughs> right. It's not making me any, you know, playing with Legos is not making me any money right now, <laughs> but, but we'll figure that out. I mean, I've, you know, I've been self-employed for years. I'll figure it out. But I, you know, I just, I think you're absolutely right. that The value of things for me has changed quite a bit. Yes. You know? Yes. And, um, the question is, 
is our is our trained short attention span going to hold that for very long? <laughs> I, I hope know. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. All right, there's one last thing I want to get to you before we finish up, okay? Because we're kind of getting to the end of uh, the time I wanted to have here, sure. uh, and you touched on it for a second, and I would like to touch on it for real, which is faith. Uh, I think we've all we've been talking about mindfulness and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, I know that you're a person of faith. I know that I am as well. Uh, you know, my faith is a little different than some people's I've, you know, ad- adopted it over time. But, um, mm-hmm. I, what I want to say, and I guess what I want you to kind of echo here is there's nothing wrong with being, with having faith. Um, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I, I, I can't control this. I have to put this in God's hands or the universe's hands or whatever, you know, however you look at things, yeah. whatever your personal yeah. faith is. And you, you skipped across it kind of for a second, but I want you to, I want you to speak to that, please. Well, I know it's a, it's a sensitive and a personal issue, but, um, you know, in, in this snapshot in time, if nothing more than a diversion from the, from the minute by minute news cycle, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's been of tremendous value just to center me, um, mm-hmm. you know, picking up, picking up a, a Bible verse or something or holding on to it or sharing it with my family and just, you know, some mm-hmm. things that, and you know, there's plenty that say, Oh, that's a bunch of hooey, but you know what, if it brings you peace and, and, and gets you through this time, uh, then don't let people judge you about it. I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's a personal thing, but, but for me, it's, it's, um, yeah. Dug me out of some holes and it's, and it's pulled me through some situations that I don't think I would have been able to reason my way out of without that. You know, Kevin, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into proselytization and I'm not asking you to do that either, but I think what we are seeing here, again, this is a little bit of old guy wisdom is, uh, I can remember a time in my life when, when I, when I had very little faith, when I, you know, when I was in fact Mm -hmm. almost you know, had none. And I'm not talking about rules and regulations. You know, I'm just talking about the, you know, the thought that there is a higher power, the thought that some things are not by my design, <laughs> you, you know, and all so that. It's surrendering. Yeah, yeah. Surrendering. And that, that it isn't about luck, you know, some stuff just, wow, you can see the providence in it, you know, that kind of thing. And I think, um, yeah. I think that's what I'm driving at here is yes, it is an individual thing. Yes. There are many different forms of belief, um, I happen to love and appreciate them all. And, uh, I've, I've experienced a lot of them. I've traveled the world enough to see a lot of different religions and faiths. I know the difference between religions and faith, you know, right. um, which I'm very grateful yeah, for. That's important. Uh, you know, it's not about religiosity, but I really, really want to encourage, you know, the people that are listening here to, to embrace that. Like, you know, if, if there's that you know, silent voice that's kind of talking to you about, Hey, getting, you know, getting involved in the spiritual side of yourself. It isn't just world craziness. that's making you do that. You know, it's a good thing and it could, it could lead to good things in your life. And, um, um, I, you know, and, and, and to some peace and some joy and all those sorts of things. Uh, I know when I was, when I was really undergoing, trying to understand what was going on with my mental health, you know, I had to realize that some of it, I just didn't understand and I had to let it go. You know, a lot of what we're going to go through, we don't understand. So there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. Okay. Well, old guy wisdom from, from Dave and Kevin, Kevin, you got anything else to (laughs) to share at the end? I know we're not that old. Semi old Dave. No, no. 
No, but I think happy you, belated birthday, by the way. Oh, yeah, Kevin and I <laughs> share the same birthday. You guys, we were both right. we were both born on March twenty fifth. Um, I think I'm what yeah. a couple years older, but uh, I think so. <laughs> but I, you know, we we both have been fortunate to work in the business since we were young people, and um, you know, Kevin grew up at the golf course kind of thing, and and uh, you know, I was working for Mike Kozak when I was you know, just a teenager before I had my driver's license even. And so it was like, we've both been, been into this game a long time, you know, and there's a few things that you learn, I think just out of, just out of watching. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> or, or getting drugged through it. Well, I'll close with this. Um, I have enjoyed very much the fact that some old friends have had some time to reach out. Um, one of them bashed the shit out of me yesterday because I've been kind of a, I've been kind of rough, you know, uh, with some of my words on Twitter, but that's part of my own therapy. And I had to explain that to him as like, sometimes I got to make right. fun of things. I got to, I got to just, you know, I got to be the pit bull and bash into it a little bit with my head to understand it. Uh, and he, and he <laughs> said, God, he said to me, he said, Dave, people think of you as a leader. Don't be a dick. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, but it, but the, that's pretty sage advice in itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the cool part has been, that we've been talking to different people. So let me encourage this. Um, you know, it's probably not a good idea to, to, to set up a safety meeting or go hang out with, you know, a bunch of turf heads, but call some people up, use zoom, use Skype, yes. uh, you know, use the conference call feature on your phone, you know, have some conversation, have some camaraderie. Uh, we, we are so fortunate to be in a business where, you know, even our competitors are our friends. And, uh, that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. I don't think my lawyers get together and have, you know, safety meetings, but no <laughs> with each other, but we do. So we have to continue that, you know, that socialization, right? Is that the right word, Kevin? Socialization? It is. It is. I mean, we, we, you know, we always have been good at leaning on each other, but, but unfortunately in my experience, when things get tough, you tend to retract and that's, that's the opposite of what we really need to be doing. We need to be need to be lifting each other up and supporting each other and, and talking stuff through because we're all going through this no matter what position we're in. We're all going through something very, very similar. Somebody used the term, used the analogy that it's as if a hurricane hit the entire globe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah. thought that was pretty, that wow. was a pretty good explanation for it. <laughs> um, you know, cause you, you can get decimated in, in, uh, um, homestead, Florida, but sitting in Denver, Colorado, you just don't feel the same effect. This one's, th this hurricane's hit the entire world. Um, so you're not alone. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that. Well, and I have, you know, part of, part of my makeup that I've come to understand is that I have a lot of, I have a lot of sensitivity for people's pain, you know, which sometimes makes it really hard for me to navigate some situations, but uh, you know, when, sure. Kat when Katrina happened, it was impossible for me to watch. I had to go get involved and I did, I went and volunteered and did some stuff for FEMA and, you know, just tried to help. Right. And then, you know, same thing when the tsunami happened in, in Thailand and stuff, you know, I found ways to help and, uh, um, you know, did a few things there. And then like here right now, there's just so much pain all around me and I don't exactly know how to help, you know? So that's part of it. And again, I had to explain that to the, my, to that friend yesterday. It's like, I'm, I'm being kind of a dick because this is, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. 
you know, for my friends and family, my neighborhood. Uh, you know, I, I, I went out and put uh, signs on all the neighbor's doors that said, Hey, here's my, you know, here's my phone number. We should share each other's phone numbers. And we did. Um, yeah. And they've been, you know, they've been sharing toilet paper and somebody put some apples out recently and, um, you know, it was a really good thing, right. You know, just trying to create some community. Um, and that's helped yep. my, that's helped my pain, you know? So, uh, well, but I don't know how to, yeah, the other analogy. And well, the, the other, the other thing that's important though, in this is, is, you know, when you get on the plane and they're going through all the safety instructions, what's the one thing they tell you to do? Secure your own mask, mask first and then help yeah. others. Right. Yeah. And that, and I think that's important, but you better get to the helping others as quick as possible. Cause there's a lot of guys, a lot of people that are going to need help. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, just somebody to talk to about things. Yeah. And I'm, I feel confident that we'll help each other through all of this. Kevin, that's our time. And I, man, I love you and I appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking this time, this time to, uh, to talk with us and, uh, you know, invaluable conversation really. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the long format to kind of get some of those, <laughs> some of those little snippets out in a little more detail. So thank you, Dave. Well, I again, appreciate no, it as well. Knowing you and knowing that that two minutes and 20 seconds just wasn't it. I you know, I wanted to reach out right away and say, you know, while this is fresh in your head and while we know what we know today, you know, let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. 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 You better, you, you better get this edited and out today because to, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring. Right? No. Yeah. No, I, I typically, you know, I don't, again, I don't do much editing, but I like to make stuff sound good, but this one I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wash through a couple of things and just get it, you know, get it posted. So I, I just, there's no reason to wait. So, okay. Cool. Thanks Kevin. All thanks, right. Thanks a lot. I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for just hanging out with Kevin and I for a little bit. And uh, as always, I appreciate you listening to the Turfgrass Elliot Project. And even in tougher times, uh, we're still trying to keep it upbeat, keep it real. <laughs> you know, all the things that I set out to do. Uh, special thanks to TurfNet, Peter McCormick, John Kiger, John Reitman, and, and everyone there who's continues to be very, very supportive. I'm not sure I know what else to say. So I'm going to say this. I'm Dave Wilbur. This is the Turf Guys Zealot Project. We're only on TurfNet Radio. And thanks for listening. Take care.